When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Tuesday, January 17th, and this is People Every Day. Welcome back, everyone. Janine Rubenstein behind the mic once again. I had an eventful weekend celebrating MLK Day of Service and my sorority, Alpha Kappa Alpha, turning 115 years old. Thank you, President Biden, for that AK shout out. (laughs) But a lot has been happening since we last spoke. Arbany Gabrielle, the first Filipino-American Miss USA, was crowned Miss Universe as Cheryl Lee Ralph's acceptance speech stole the show at the Critics' Choice Awards. And the Presley family revealed the arrangements they've set in place for Lisa Marie. So much to catch you up on this Tuesday that feels like a Monday, so let's dive right in. Yesterday was Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and Brittany Griner was among the millions of Americans who took part in honoring the legacy of Dr. King. Almost six weeks since her release from a Russian penal colony, the Phoenix Mercury Center walked in a tribute to the late freedom fighter. Griner took part in a march in Phoenix alongside her wife, Sherelle Griner, and as she told fans and onlookers, she is, quote, glad to be home. This marked the WNBA star's first official public appearance since she returned stateside. I am still just beyond relieved and thrilled that Griner is back home here in the U.S. and seems to be making the transition back into normal life. Always great seeing her out in the community, and I can't wait to see her back on the court. Moving on, award season is underway, and there is some news coming out of the upcoming Screen Actors Guild Awards. Hollywood icon Sally Field is set to be honored with the 2023 SAG Life Achievement Award. The two-time Academy Award winner was inducted into the American Academy of Arts and Sciences back in 2012. And in 2015, President Obama bestowed the National Medal of Arts upon her, and she received the Kennedy Center honor in 2019. So, Field definitely has the career and the accolades worthy of the award. According to the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists statement, the Life Achievement Award is given to an actor who displays the, quote, finest ideals of the acting profession. The statement went on to say, Sally is a massive star with a working actor's ethos. Just keep doing the work, being as good as you can. Every stage of an actor's life brings different opportunities, and you just need to keep working. Sally does not stop, and we hope she never does. Field won her first Oscar for playing the titular role of Norma Rae in the 1979 film, and she took home her second Academy Award for her work in 1984's Places of the Heart. Field also has three Emmys on her mantle, receiving one in 1977 for her work in the miniseries Sybil, and she took home another in 2011 for Outstanding Guest Actress in a Drama Series for ER. And now in 2007, she took home an Emmy for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Drama Series for her work on Brothers and sister. She just, she has all the gold. (laughs) I mean, Sally Field is one of those household names who always brings it and who I am always excited to see on screen. And be sure to watch her take home the honor at this year's SAG Awards on Sunday, February 26th. And be sure to catch all of our exclusive SAG Award coverage in the magazine and online at people.com. 
And now we're turning our attention to this week's cover story, where Lisa Marie Presley's good friend, David Kelser, sat down with people to talk about the late singer and how she had found renewed purpose by helping others struggling through the pain of grief. This week's cover story continues our coverage on the death of Lisa Marie Presley, who died from cardiac arrest last week. Today, we will dive into some of the details of her final days with the people around her and that last visit to Graceland. Please welcome the person who wrote this story, People's staff writer, Brianne Tracy. Brianne, welcome back to the show. Hey, Janine. Thanks for having me. Well, Brianne, for this interview, you spoke with David Kessler, who was with Lisa Marie a lot in her final days and someone she became friends with while seeking grief counseling after the death of her son, Benjamin. So can you tell us a little more about their friendship, who he is, and what this is about? Kessler is an author and he's a grief expert that Lisa Marie's daughter, Riley, connected her to after Benjamin died by suicide in 2020 at 27. Kessler said that Lisa Marie told him she agreed to meet with him, not because he was a grief expert, but because he had also lost a child and she was looking for someone who had gone through the same thing. From there, they just really struck up a true friendship and Lisa Marie would help him co-lead support groups and she'd often hold them at her home. And Kessler described Lisa Marie as having x-ray vision for other people's pain. He said that when you were in her gaze, no one else existed, and she was focused on you, and she really talked with him about turning her pain into purpose. Well, well, days before her passing, Lisa Marie visited Graceland. She was there for a celebration on what would have been her father's 88th birthday. She spent most of the evening in the meditation garden at the grave of her son, Benjamin, with her friend, Ann Kessler, who had some private moments to share about that conversation, correct? What happened there? So it was January 7th, and it was the night before Elvis's birthday. From there, after all the the workers and the fans had gone home from Graceland, Lisa Marie had brought Kessler along with her in a golf cart, and they visited the meditation garden. And there, they mostly sat in silence at Benjamin's grave. She then showed him where she'd be buried someday, which was right across from her father's grave. Her burial place? Like, she showed him that? Yeah, so she showed him, she pointed it out. She said, that's where I'll be someday. And Kessler wasn't thinking anything much of it at the time. He just was like, oh, it was a casual comment. Like, yeah, I mean, that's where she is going to be someday. He made a comment like, oh, not for a long time. And she said, nope, I got a lot to do still. Kessler said that she was super excited about everything that was coming up. I also thought that he described it beautifully when she said that, She had such a challenging first and second act of life with her father's death and then Benjamin's death, but she was about to take on this third act that was so much about helping people. Mm. Even during this trip, the same one where they visited the grave sites earlier in that day, she sat down with a newly bereaved mother for two to three hours and told her what to expect on this grief journey. And Kessler said that he just sat there watching how far she had come in her own pain. And even though her heart was still broken around Benjamin and his death, her heart was also healing around him. Oh, my goodness. Well, that's just heartbreaking. In the article, you talk about the third act of Lisa Marie's life. So can you share with us like what specifically that might have looked like, the people around her and what she was saying about what she was looking forward to specifically? 
Lisa Marie had really kept a low profile in the years after Benjamin's death, but she slowly started to reemerge in recent months for the promotion of Elvis, which she said that she was so proud of. Her friend Axel Rose had told us that she was very nervous at first about how the public would react to the film, but she was also so focused on helping people through their grief. And Kessler told me that she even had hopes to write a book and do a podcast on grief. And she just really wanted to, like he said, turn this pain into purpose. And of course, no matter what happened, Lisa Marie was also so happy to be a mother and she loved her kids. Kessler said that with Riley and her younger girls, she was just a lioness and it was just amazing to see her with them. Well, there have been some developments in the service for Lisa Marie at Graceland. So can you share any of them with us? Like Lisa Marie had mentioned during that trip with Kessler, she will be laid to rest next to her son in the meditation garden. There will also be a public memorial service for her there on January 22nd. And, you know, a lot of her loved ones right now are just finding comfort in the thought of her reuniting with those she lost too soon, including her father and her son. And Axel Rose had said, who knows what comes after life, but I'd like to think that they're together, Lisa Marie, Ben, and her father in some way. Thank you so much, Brianne, for just giving us these updates. It's it's still like wild to me that this happened. Guys, you can get this and so much more on people.com and make sure to pick up this week's issue of the magazine. Brianne's cover story on Lisa Marie Presley is just so in-depth and rich. Thanks so much, Brianne. We are smack dab in the middle of the winter doldrums, and it's the perfect time of year to cuddle up on the couch and catch some quality TV. Coming up, we're previewing what shows you need to be watching this winter with our resident TV guru, Brianne Heldman. The Bachelor is coming back. The new trailer for Yellow Jackets is out. Plus, Dr. Meredith Grey is finally leaving Grey's Anatomy. I mean, just so much TV to get into. I can't wait. But first, the Critics' Choice Awards were handed out this weekend, and after the break, we get into the moments from the CCAs that are still blowing up my timeline. Stay right there. We'll be right back. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We are back and it's time to get into the biggest moments from this weekend's Critics' Choice Awards. First up, comedian Chelsea Handler provided hosting duties for the evening and she really did not hold back on anyone or anything, including maybe the most dramatic film of 2022. It is an honor to be here hosting tonight after everything that we have all been through together over the past few years between COVID, monkeypox, the Don't Worry Darling press tour... Like everyone else in the world, Handler couldn't pass up mentioning one of the most chilling stories from Prince Harry's memoir. Dahmer became the third highest viewed show on Netflix with a combined watch time of one billion hours, which apparently is the same amount of time we're going to have to listen to Prince Harry talk about his frostbitten penis. And one of my favorite jokes of the night involved FX's The Bear and one of the most delicious bits of news from last year. And look, the cast 
see the bears here. They showed us how grueling and absolutely miserable working in the restaurant industry can be. And they didn't even have to wait on James Corden. Moving on, Oscar's buzz has been swirling around Brendan Fraser for several months now. Over the weekend, the Whale star took home the top prize for Best Actor, and he got very emotional during his acceptance speech. If you, like a guy like Charlie, who I played in this movie, in any way struggle with obesity, or you just feel like you're in a dark sea, I want you to know that if you too can have the strength to just get to your feet and go to the light, good things will happen. Frazier has been through so much over the last few years. I mean, he was basically blacklisted out of Hollywood ever since he made accusations of being groped by the former president of the Hollywood Foreign Press back in 2003. So, so happy for him that he's having this moment. And Frazier had another touching moment with his Encino Man co-star and star of Everything Everywhere All at Once, actor Kihi Kwan. The two met on set in 1992's Encino Man, and the two hugged and reconnected after seeing each other for the first time in 30 years this past weekend. Well, last but not least, the incredibly talented star of Abbott Elementary and friend of the show, Cheryl Lee Ralph, arguably had the most talked about acceptance speech of the night. While holding the award for Best Supporting Actress in the Comedy Series, uh, Ralph looked directly into the camera and delivered these powerful words. And to all of you watching here, come close to the screen and listen. People don't have to like you. People don't have to love you. They don't even have to respect you. But when you look in the mirror, you better love what you see. You better love what you see. Thank you to the critics. Incredible. I remain a complete Abbott Elementary stan, and I'm so happy for Cheryl Lee Ralph and that she is getting her due. We are in the middle of winter, and I know I speak for many when I say I love nothing more than to curl up under a blanket with a cup of hot chocolate and binge watch a TV show that I am so into. Well, if you're on the hunt for that new TV show to be so into, don't worry, we got you. People's senior editor, Brianne Heldman, is back on the podcast to discuss all the options that need to be added to your watch list. Brianne, it's always so good to see you. Likewise. Well, first and foremost, I want to talk about a show that premiered on Sunday night, and that's The Last of Us. This show is inspired by a popular PlayStation game, right? It's a huge, huge PlayStation game. I have to confess, I'm not much of a gamer. This was my first entree into The Last of Us, and this show really is an heir apparent for those Walking Dead fans because there is another pandemic where people are being turned into essentially zombies, some sort of monster where it's not so cute. People are infected. This also stars Pedro Pascal from Game of Thrones and The Mandalorian, who is dreamy as heck. Amazing. And Bella Ramsey, who was one of those standout characters in the later season of Game of Thrones. And she's really having a moment. She just starred in Lena Dunham's movie. And now she's a lead in this. And the show premiered huge. It was actually the second biggest premiere on HBO 
since 2010 following House of the Dragon. This is going to be a show everyone really is talking about. Well, you guys, like she said, check it out on HBO Max right after you listen to this podcast because I am seeing a lot about it. Let's talk about a show that is returning this coming Monday. The newest season of The Bachelor is almost here, y'all. Zach Shalcross is our new leading man. So what can viewers expect this season? The host, Jesse Palmer, has actually said this is not the most dramatic season ever. And Zach tells us, though, it might be the most emotional season ever. So it sounds like everyone's going to be really in their feelings a lot. He will have 30 women vying for his heart. And of course, the contestants are quirky. I really appreciate that there's a girl named Allie, who is a healthcare strategist from Atlanta, Georgia, who loves broccoli, but hates broccoli. I don't make this up. This is the stuff that ABC sends us to tell us about these people. Catherine Cat from New York City is a dancer who doesn't do dinner dates. I have questions about that. And then there's Greer. She's a medical sales representative from Houston. And apparently she is never embarrassed. Which, Uh-oh. gosh, I'd like that, Jean. Uh, staying with shows on ABC, though, Grey's Anatomy is coming back on February 23rd. And this means we will see Meredith Sendoff from... Gray Sloan Memorial. It's huge. I will just say, I went on this show a few months ago and said this show is returning to form. And I think that's still true, even as Meredith is leaving Gray Sloan Memorial. Now, let's be clear. Ellen Pompeo has said she's doing eight episodes this season. The premiere on February 23rd is the seventh of the Ellen Pompeo episode. So we don't know when we're going to get that eighth. But Mm. it does look like this will be her final farewell moment. She's moving to Boston, which was set up in the previous episodes. It's going to be very hard to watch. I'm kind of curious what's going to happen to Nick, who's played by Scott Speedman, who was brought in as Meredith's love interest last season. And I love them together. So I don't know what this means, but I also like having Scott Speedman on my TV at all times. So (laughs) they will do long distance and figure it out. Well, lastly, I want to talk about a show that I know you love, and that is Yellow Jacket. Season two premieres on March 24th on Showtime. So, Brianne, why should everyone be watching this show? There's another pitch, because you gave us a pitch a few months back. (laughs) I think this is one of those shows that is so full of twists and turns that in season one, people just found it so shocking. I didn't even feel like Showtime was promoting it very much. And then People started watching it. It started picking up word of mouth. And then it became this massive thing that everyone was talking about. Then it got a whole bunch of award nominations. Melanie Linsky became the star that she was always meant to be. And now we're getting so many other characters are coming in. Elijah Wood is joining the cast. Jason Ritter, who is Melanie Linsky's real life husband, is guest starring. We're getting... So much more action. We're going to find out some more of the women who survived the plane crash and lived to adulthood that we didn't see in season one. Of course, the season finale saw Natalie, played by Juliette Lewis, being carted away. We don't know where she was going. We're going to see Christina Ricci as Misty just being continuously diabolical. I cannot wait And just a little bit of that premise for those of us who are like, okay, let me hop on now before it gets going. So the show takes place in two timelines. The first being in the 90s, there's this group of high school soccer players who are in a plane crash and 
All kinds of craziness happens. They're abandoned for months and months and months. We know a few people who who die. And then the other timeline is present day. We see four of the women who are who have survived and they are going to their high school reunion and they have these very awkward relationships with one another. And then generally there's this whole mystical element that we're still figuring out that has everybody scratching their heads. Just trust me. It's cuckoo <laughs> bananas and you want to watch it. I love it. Any Anything else before I let you go that we shouldn't miss this winter? Like you can just throw the names out there so we can add okay. it to the list. I am so excited for Daisy Jones and the Six, which is the adaptation of the best-selling novel coming out March 3rd on Amazon. We've got Josh Jackson and Lizzie Kaplan in Fatal Attraction coming in April. And Going back to ABC, I just caught up on Alaska Daily, which airs after Grey's Anatomy, starring Hilary Swank. And it's so good. I haven't stopped thinking about it. So I very highly recommend. Please check that out. It's it's a really solid network show. Thank you. Thank you for all of these alternatives to Coco Melon. I cannot wait to watch these shows this winter. Brianne, it's always so great having you on. Thanks for stopping by. This last story is one I hope that you'll love, especially for those of you who have someone they love to hate. (laughs) We are already more than halfway through the first month of 2023. And if you've been to a Walgreens or CVS near you, it's clear that stores are already looking forward to the season of love. Valentine's Day is just a few weeks away. And while some folks look forward to the flowers, chocolates, and or a dinner date with that special someone, for some people, it can be a difficult day, especially for those dealing with a recent breakup. But don't worry, the San Antonio Zoo has you covered for the fourth year in a row the Texas Zoo will be hosting its Valentine's Day Cry Me a Cockroach fundraiser, where donors can name a cockroach after an ex, which will then be fed to one of the animals at the zoo. (laughs) I mean, it's kind of genius and actually pretty reasonable. $5 gets you a veggie named after an ex. Uh, $10 lands the naming rights to a cockroach. Yes, a cockroach. And for $25, a rodent will meet its demise in the name of your former flame. (laughs) Along with receiving a festive message from the San Antonio Zoo, donors can also opt to have a digital Valentine's Day card sent to their ex, so that way they know that a veggie, bug, or rodent was devoured bearing their name. But that's not all. The zoo announced an upgraded option with limited availability, where anyone who donates $150 to the cause will get, quote, an individualized video message of your cockroach, rodent, or veggie being fed to one of our animals for you to send to your not-so-special someone. (laughs) Wow, if you're someone out there who could use a cathartic release while also donating to better the lives of animals, head to the San Antonio Zoo's website at sazoo.org to contribute to the Crimea Cockroach Fundraiser. This is just hilarious and great and weird and honestly... (laughs) Hey, it's cheaper than therapy. (laughs) And unless you're a cockroach or a rodent, just remember that your old pal Kelly Clarkson said, What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. 
<laughs> this charity is just the best, and I hope it made you laugh or was at least a little something to make you smile, especially if you're going through a breakup. And speaking of the best, tomorrow, one of the best people here at People, our executive editorial director, Charlotte Triggs, will be filling in for me because I will be out tomorrow. If you miss me, you can catch me, though. I will be on The Talk. Mm-hmm. Yours truly will be gabbing right along with the hosts on CBS's The Talk tomorrow. So check your local listings and be sure to tune in. And I'll be back with you all on Thursday to catch you up on the latest right here on People Every Day.